Welcome to Second Take, the podcast that gives you a fresh perspective on sports. I'm Ryan, and today's episode is something special. We're diving headfirst into exciting into the exciting world of the upcoming 2023-2024 NBA season. And we have a fantastic guest joining us today. Our special guest is none other than Thomas, who just so happens to be my co-host Roland's brother. Um, we've been focused a lot on football lately, but today we're hitting the hardwood. Um, so whether you're a diehard hoops fan or just looking to catch up with the latest NBA buzz, get ready for some scorching hot takes. And without further ado, let's get started. Thomas, what is your hot take for the NBA this upcoming season? My hot take is I have the Los Angeles Lakers winning the NBA Finals next year. And here's the reasons why. So if we look back to the trade that we all know about, the trade deadline, they acquired Andrew Russell. Uh, after the Westbrook trade happened, they had the best record in the NBA ever since then. They played well in the playoffs. I think, um, you know, the Nuggets are still probably their biggest contender in the West. However, my main point and the reason I think this is going to happen, the biggest thing that's played the Lakers recently has been injuries. And this has been injuries to LeBron as well. That's something he hasn't really dealt with before joining the Lakers. As he's gotten older, he's been more injury prone. And I think we all know the Lakers – they were not very good before their roster was not very deep. And so he had to do much more in order to even get them to the plan is what it was looking like. I mean, they were almost about to miss the plan. And, you know, he had to go out there and score 30 points a game just for them to have a hope to make it. But now I think coming into this year, they have a more well-rounded roster. They won't need him as much. He'll be able to kind of coast a little bit more. And I think that will help prevent injuries to him and Anthony Davis. I think they'll both be much more healthy heading into the playoffs, more rested, more fresh. And honestly, I don't know if you guys have been watching any of the preseason games, but he looks quicker. He looks stronger than he did last year. So I just think that come playoff time, I think he's going to be the best player in the NBA again. Okay, well... um I don't hate the take. I just, you know, LeBron is good for about 50 games now a season. Uh, they're definitely not going to be able to make a, a run like they did last year if they get uh, like a, a sixth or a seventh seed. There's no going from the plan all the way to the Western Conference Finals. I don't see that happening again. Um, I don't hate the take. I think they're one of two or three teams in the West that could give the Nuggets a run for their money. But I just don't see really anybody out in the West beating the Nuggets in a seven-game series because they have the best player in the world. They also have the most chemistry. And uh, not a ton of roster turnover. I think the Lakers are probably going to try to make a move with D'Lo, try to spice things up just because that contract has trade me written all over it, you know? But who, what what the kind of a market is that for D'Lo? You know, at best, he's your, he's a guy that comes off the bench that's pretty solid for you. But I'd rather have the ball in Austin Reeves' hands or LeBron's hands. So until they make a move off of D'Lo, I'm not the hugest fan of the Lakers making the finals, but I do think they're a contender that, you know, one of three or four teams in the West that I think have a legit chance to make the finals. I just don't think they should be the favorite. I also don't hate the take. I have the Lakers pinned in is at the tier one, in my opinion, in the West. We're looking at the Lakers, the Suns, and the Nuggets. Um, all teams have their own questions, of course. Suns are top-heavy, no point guards. The Nuggets got a little bit worse from last year, losing Bruce Brown and Jeff, and Jeff Green. But the uh, Lakers, I do think, got a little bit better, as Thomas mentioned, adding more depth. So LeBron and AD won't have to do quite as much, which benefits them for the playoffs. And they're not going to get off to that bad start that they did last year. They will be better, at least to start the season. Um, 
And so I don't hate it. I think this team has a legit chance to make it. But also, to your point, Roland Delo almost became unplayable last year in the playoffs. Yeah. So that's something they're going to have to figure out. I mean, they do have Gabe Vincent now who can come in and play, but he's not going to be able to play the whole game. And if they could ideally get something for him or get like two role players for him, I think that would be beneficial to this team. So I could see the Lakers winning it. This is probably the last chance they have, though, with LeBron being one year left on his contract. And after that, it's probably going to go play where Bronny's at, you know, um, might not be with the Lakers anymore. So we'll see what happens with that team. It's a team to watch for sure, though, early on and going into it, because once again, as any other team is, if one of their top two guys goes down, they're done for. I guess you mentioned a lot, Tom, about LeBron kind of having this coming of age, coming back to be the the best player in the league. I mean, he's he's already, he's a top 10 player. He's in a lot of people's top fives, right? I personally feel Anthony Davis is going to be the, the biggest person. If they're going to win the finals, AD has to be their best player. And I've said that ever since they traded for Westbrook. So why do you feel it's the other way around? I still don't agree that Anthony Davis was their best player even last year. I think LeBron, I think he was hurt during the playoffs. He looked a little slower. Uh, he was coming off an injury coming into the end of the season. Uh, I just don't think he's going to deal with that this year. And if, if injuries happen, this take kind of goes out of the water because, I mean, that's the same with any team, though. I I think LeBron has to be the best player, and the reason being that is we've looked at Anthony Davis. He just doesn't have the mentality that I think it takes to win a championship as your best player on the team. And as we know, whichever team pretty much has the best player in the NBA ends up winning it that year. And so in my opinion, number one, I don't think Anthony Davis has the ability to be the best player in the NBA. LeBron, I think, still has that left in his tank. We've seen it before. Every year we say this is the year he's fallen off, and he doesn't. I think it's no different now. It'll be a different role, but I think it's still very much his team. I agree with Thomas on this. I think if the Lakers want to win, LeBron has to be their best player. I mean, the thing with AD, so you need him to be that defensive anchor for that team, play good defense in the paint, get boards, but his scoring in the playoffs is always so up and down where one game he'll get 20, the next game he'll get 10. And then everyone questions, oh, is he tough? Is he not tough? Right. Um, I think LeBron James needs to have more control over the offense instead of just feeding it to Anthony Davis all the time. Of course, when he's hot, you're going to him, but LeBron has that ability to get 30, 40 still at his age, but also be the main facilitator, hit the guys who are hot, kind of understand what's going on in the game. And I think he has more control um, over the game and the pace than Anthony Davis does, being able to play the game how the Lakers want to. But I don't think Anthony Davis has that ability to do so. Okay. Um, I just think it's a lot to ask of a 40-year-old. You know what I mean? Like... They're both, they have both had injury problems. LeBron James, like I said, has not passed 60 games in the regular season since the 2017, or no, since the 2020 championship. Ever since that groin injury, then the ankle injury, there's always something that comes up with him. And I'm not trying to diss on the guy because he's 40 years old and he's a top five player in the NBA. You know what I mean? I just think it's a lot to ask of LeBron James at this point to be the best player on a team when you have Anthony Davis, right? Anthony Davis, I'm not saying that he is their best player. I'm saying that he needs to be if they want to win the finals. That's my take. He's the, clearly their best defender, top three in the NBA at his position. And the one person that's standing in their way plays his position, right? Nikola Jokic, the best player in the NBA, is matching up against Anthony Davis pretty much. So... If they want to win, all I'm saying is AD needs to be the best player. LeBron's going to get you 30, right? He can do that in his sleep. Not so much on the other side of the ball, right? I just think it's a lot to ask of a 40-year-old LeBron James. Yeah, you're not wrong. It really is. I mean, 
especially a dude who gets been getting hurt since he's come to the Lakers at least before that unbelievable health record. But I think that's why the depth on this team matters so much for the regular season because you want him to almost coast and rely more on the other the rest of the team during the regular season just so when the playoffs comes he is more fresh and he's able to go out there and do his thing. Um that's the ideal situation of course for this team. Um I think if you this team you know, if he has asked to do, to do more throughout the regular season, then th- it's more likely that this team fizzles out once the playoffs comes around because they are asking him to do so much. But he still is that caliber of player to do so, which is, you know, like you said, still a top five player, still a dude who can win a chip. So that's that's kind of the thing that could hold them back potentially is if they just ask an a 40 year old to do too much. Where do you see them finishing, Tom, like seating wise? Third or fourth. 34th. So you think they're going to come out of the West having to go through Denver on the road? I think the Nuggets are still going to get the first seed. I mean, I can see the Lakers having the second, but I do think the Nuggets will have the first seed again. I just think the Lakers are better this year, and the Nuggets are a little bit worse. I guess on paper that won't matter too much, but I just think – you kept bringing up the fact that it's a lot to ask a 40-year-old. But they're going to be asking less of him this year, especially during the regular season. And that is exactly why I think they have a better chance than last year. And if you go back to the Western Conference Finals, I know they got swept. But those games were pretty close. Well, they were the most competitive games Denver played in the playoffs. And you know. to the point, the the Nuggets, at least their bench while their starting lineup will be the same. They lost Bruce Brown and Jeff Green, and they're going to yeah. be asking a lot of young guys, first and second year players, to step up into those roles. So I do think a series between these two teams will be more competitive than it was last year. Not going to be a sweep, but it just really depends on how those young guys can fill the non-Jokic minutes and what Denver can do when he's on the bench. Because if they can't stop the Lakers for 12 minutes, eight minutes a game when there's no Jokic, then um, they're screwed. But, um, and a team like LA would be able to take advantage of that. Okay. And then anything else before we move on to Roland's take? So, I, my take, my take on the Lakers is I think if they want to have a chance, they want to lock up a high seed as soon as possible. So they want to have a crazy good regular season and rest their players the last few games of the season so they can go into it healthy. But I guess my only counter-argument to that is how often, when LeBron makes the finals, is he the first seed in the NBA or the Eastern or Western Conference? Zone? Not normally. He just kind of... He's always been the guy who coasts through the regular season, at least in Cleveland. And even Miami, they were never really the one seed. I think the year they were, they didn't even make it to the final. No, they lost in the finals, I think. But regardless, um, I tend to agree with Roland. They have to have a really good regular season, and LeBron has to not be asked to do too much. But I do think, I mean, this is LeBron's uh, second best chance in L.A. that he's had. Right, His best chance was obviously the one he won. And this year... I think this is the second most complete team he's had in L.A. So if he's going to do it, it's going to be this year. Do you think the 2020 championship team was better than this year's Lakers team? Uh, I think they're pretty comparable, but I would say they do because LeBron James was better. Like a younger LeBron James who can still play defense, who was the best point guard we've ever seen probably that year. I mean, the dude was doing crazy stuff. And they had a little bit more defense on the perimeter. Caruso, Caldwell Pope were big um, defensively. And LeBron and AD was enough offensively and still is, honestly, outside of maybe against the Nuggets nowadays. Um, but I also think the competition has gotten better. So 2020, you know, they ended up playing the Heat. The Bucks were frauds back then. And they beat the Nuggets in five. And it's the same Nuggets team. So I just think other teams have gotten better and LeBron was younger. So I think that was 
maybe the teams weren't better. Maybe the 2020 Lakers aren't necessarily any better on paper, but the teams that they're playing are more difficult now. Yeah, I think that just speaks to the talent level that we see in the NBA nowadays, because I do think this current team they have is slightly better for an older LeBron, at least. Well, like you said, LeBron was better when they had won. I think this team suits him more just because he won't have to do as much to have more guys that can do more with the ball in their hand yeah. as opposed to just being catch and shoot three and D True. guys. But we still are questioning if they can win or not. And like you both said, I think it's just a testament to how good the talent level is. Players just keep getting better and teams are better now than they used to be. And it's not going to be as easy as it was for the bubble level of competition. I agree. Okay. And then moving on to Roland's take, what is your hot take for this upcoming season? I don't necessarily think this is super hot, super spicy. I think it's a little bit hotter than Thomas's take because I like the Lakers. You know, I think they're the second best team in the West, so they could easily win. Um, we're going to get a little spicy, a little young, a little youthful here. Inject the youth into the second take podcast. We're going with the Oklahoma City Thunder, everybody's favorite young team. Unless you're a Jazz fan. And uh, they're going to lock up a top four seed. They're going to have home court advantage going into the playoffs. And because of this, Shea will finish top three in MVP voting. Top three. Okay, okay. What is your reasoning behind putting this team so high up over teams like Minnesota, Sacramento, right? Teams that were really good last year. Okay, so <clears throat> I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to bring up these teams. All right, Minnesota, yeah, yeah, yeah. number one has Rudy Gobert. So we can throw that out the window. They're obsolete, all right? We don't need uh, to worry about Minnesota. They have Rudy Gobert, so they're going to lose on their own. And Cat never plays. He's always either injured or being a pussy. So one of the two. Um, the Kings... I think teams will be more prepared for their offensive scheme. But I actually don't think they're going to take the Kings spot. It's going to be the Grizzlies spot that they take. The Grizzlies are missing their best player for basically a third of the year, 25 games. And then who knows if he gets hurt, right? He's struggled a little bit with injuries last year. Um, this team did show that they were able to compete without a John Morant. They were able to win games. They stole a game against the Lakers in the playoffs. Marcus Smart's washed. Okay. They traded. They got him. Wow. One year off a of DPOY. Like, <laughs> That's a hotter take than the Traded OKC. him away. Sold high, my guy. You guys will see that. He is not very good. Okay. <laughs> He's going to come down. Two minutes left. He always, in crunch time, makes a terrible decision. Okay. So for those 25 games, they will be lucky to be 500. Okay, that's in my opinion. Steven Adams, I think, is already out for the year. Is he even yeah. playing? So he's, he's out he's, for the year. He didn't even play a game. Okay, so it's going to be negative wingspan Bane and Triple J can't get a rebound against freaking Spain. All right. You really think that's going to be very hard to overcome? No. So OKC. I think their youth plays an actual benefit because they'll play hard every night. They're not going to be like these Warriors teams where they got to rest Chris Paul, 90-year-old dinosaur. Um, the Lakers, LeBron's got an ankle twist. He's out for a week. You know, Anthony Davis falls to the ground, fractured toenail. He's out for two months. Like, they're going to be young. They're going to play hard. Josh Giddey's going to take another step. And Shea, if he just does the same thing he does last year, there's no way. And then Chet fixes their problem they were 13th they were ranked both 13th on offense and defensive efficiency their biggest inefficiency was perimeter defense they finally have a center so chet i think is going to be able to help i'm not saying he's going to completely drastically change the thunder's defense but he's just another weapon and every all these guys are so young that there's it's pretty reasonable to say they're going to be better than they were last year because literally everyone on their team got better because they're just that young. So I think they're going to be like the Grizzlies of 
two years ago, like the Sacramento Kings of last year, they're going to be that big riser team that comes in, gets home court advantage, and they'll probably lose in the first round of the playoffs. I'm not expecting them to go very deep in the playoffs, but they are built for the regular season. They're young. All of their players are going to play at least 70 games unless some drastic injury happens. There's no load management worry going on with this team. So they're just going to play hard, and that'll win you a lot of games with the amount of talent this team has. So I don't completely hate the take, but I slightly disagree. I don't think they'll be a top four seed, but I think you've convinced me that they can be a top six seed. I can see Memphis struggling. They also have Brandon Clark, who tore his Achilles last year at the end of the year. He's also out. So that team's got a lot to figure out in the Grizzlies. I just think OKC is just a little too young to be that elite yet. Chet's a rookie, right? I mean, I know he had last year um, to kind of get ready for this season, but we don't know exactly what he's going to do yet. Um, Jalen Williams, great player, just going into his second season. This team also on their bench, they're playing a ton of young dudes as well. They don't have many veterans to play in that rotation, and while they will play hard, I think you will notice the inexperience at times, especially because people, they do know that they're coming and they are ready for this team to be good and to be better than last year. And I think if they wanted to move up to a top four seed, they need to add a couple more vets, but they just have so many draft picks. I don't think they'll do it unless they're trading up in talent and they can give up multiple picks, multiple players to get someone better. Um, so I I don't see them being able to be a home court team yet, um, but but they're getting there. I, I could see a top six seed getting out of the play-in, being a good team at this point. I agree with this take. I think the real hot take is that Roland hates Marcus Smart <laughs> and thinks he's trash. It's not very well, good, guys. <laughs> oh, Offensively, man. he's a net negative, bro. And how many times did the dude get torched guarding the guards in the NBA? We just got... He should know one deep boy. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, hey. That's not the take here. This isn't a Marcus Smart rant. Maybe it should have been. Even though it should have been, probably. We can do that another time. We'll have to have another episode about Roland's hatred for Marcus Smart. I agree with this take completely. I'm glad that you brought up uh, Jalen Williams, Ryan. I actually think he's going to take a jump this year. Oh, yeah. And that's a big reason sure. why I agree with this take. Just looking at the summer league and preseason games, Ooh, the Thunder yeah. look really good, really good, especially Jalen Williams, Chet Holgram. We know Shea is going to be amazing again next year. 30 points a game, I expect. Similar stats as last year. Um, Maybe, I mean, honestly, I think Shea might be a little bit more facilitator this year, maybe a little bit less scoring, more facilitation from him just because he won't need to score as much. And I think that's going to be a big reason why they will be even better coming into this next season. I mean, I definitely think they're going to be out of the plan. They'll be a playoff team. Think about the West every year is that four through six is like one or two games apart every single year. And so I could see them landing on the fourth seed. I could see them being five or six, but I definitely think they'll be outside of the plan come playoff time. Yeah, I almost like them more than I do Phoenix. I agree. Whoa. Because freaking KD, dude, he's going to play 40 games. Bradley Bill is not as good as he was. They don't have a I point mean, guard. Okay. Booker or Shea? The Suns Booker. Are just That's close, I think. I think it's real close. We haven't seen Shea in a playoff. Um, I just don't think that team's going to be... like Since when has KD actually mess. been healthy? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Without the dude the drama. is always going to get hurt. And I just think the regular season doesn't really matter to them. I think that's a fourth... Like they're, My top four teams, if you want to lay them out right now. Denver, LA, OKC, Phoenix. In that order? Uh... I mean, I guess you could say, like, if Phoenix wanted to win games, they could be the number one seed in the West. I just don't think KD cares anymore about if you winning want regular season team. games. Like, he's a playoff guy. He shows up in the playoffs. But I just, I think regular season, he just kind of says whatever. But see, I don't I'd think... I... Go ahead, Thomas. I'd almost want to say Devin Booker is their best player. 
He should be. He if is. they want to, if they want to win, he has to be. <clears throat> but I think, but Katie's right. a very oh, close. Second. I just here's the thing. I mean, I think it matters a lot more this year than maybe last year if you have home court or not, just because last year oh. was so even across the board. Um, so I think teams will be inclined to try in the regular season. Um, we'll see what happens with like the tournament and, and season tournament stuff like that. If people want to try harder or not, kind of the experiment. But also, like I don't know how you feel about OKC matching up with Phoenix in the playoffs, but I don't think they would have a chance at this point in the development of the Thunder team. No, I don't think they're a playoff team that like wins a playoff series. I just think they're they're like the Sacramento Kings of last year. That's my kind of take of them. They're going to come out, surprise a lot of people, even though people are kind of prepping for them to be good. They're going to play hard. Sacramento didn't deal with a lot of people sitting, right? De'Aaron Fox played almost every game, right? So I see that type of mentality where every while every other team you can pretty much guarantee their best players are going to miss 20 games because they have to hit 65 to qualify for awards. But the other 20, we're not going to worry about, right? This LKC team is going to have all their players at least play 70, 75 games. There's not going to be load management issues with them because I think Sam Presti is going to make a move. And even if he doesn't, they're going to push. I think this team's sick of being a bottom feeder and they're actually going to try. Whereas, you know, the Warriors, they don't care about the regular season. The, the Suns, they don't care about the regular season. The Grizzlies, they're not good enough to care because they have Marcus Smart as their lead point guard heading into the season. Cause John Morant <laughs> is a gangster. Okay. <laughs> so Amen. really the only, and I don't even know if the Nuggets are going to care because they have Nikola Jokic. I think they're too good not to be a top three seed. The Nuggets. But I think they'll kind of coast. They coasted towards the end of the regular season. Here's the so thing. I think you, you are. The Clippers. the Clippers. We don't talk about the Clippers anymore, Doug. They, I'm done with the Clippers. They've gone every stale. Year, the same thing. They've gone stale on everyone. I feel like everyone's kind of sick of it. But like, here's the thing. I feel like you're undervaluing, at least at the start of the year, these teams are going to at least have to try to get ahead in the standings to where they feel comfortable to coast a little bit as the year goes on. Because I have a hard time seeing OKC having a better regular season. Like I said, I think they're one year away from being that team. But, like, you still got Golden State. You still got, if the Clippers somehow magically put it together, which we don't think they will, the Clippers would theoretically be better. I mean, you still have Sacramento. You still have New Orleans. Like, I just, I don't know if they could be better than those teams quite yet i mean some of them i think they could be but like all of them right now i just i don't know i don't know the only team that you mentioned out of those that i could see kicking the thunder out of a top four seed would be the warriors um wiggins got to get his crap together if that's gonna happen i think he'll play more he had something happen last year and I think I think he'll be there this year. So, like, nah, I mean, I'm not trying to diss on Wiggins for, you know, dealing with the family issues and stuff. He just, you know, you miss a player, your second best player for the entirety of the regular season, pretty much. Then you're, of course, you're going to get the sixth seed. You know what I mean? So, and the Warriors are pretty old. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, I just think the you're youth. Chris Paul, man. This, oh gosh darn it, dude. Jordan okay. pulled for Chris Paul. <laughs> They're gonna be the first seed, man. Whatever. Um <laughs> scared of Chris Paul. I, and I, I'm, a, I'm a my favorite player in the NBA is Steph Curry. So I just think, man, I really am liking what I'm seeing out of the Thunder. They were middle of the pack offensively and defensively. I think they're only gonna get better because they're gonna get more and more experience. And I think to your point, Ryan, this is the one year away season. This is the year. They've been a year away. They've been a player away. They've been a piece away. They've been a trade away. They've sucked for eight years. It's time. They're going to do it. They're going to make the leap. Book it. Top four seed Shea is going to be at least top three MVP, if not the runner-up, or even win it. If they if they do exceed expectations beyond my expectations, I think he'd be the front-runner. So. 
Yeah, yeah, I could see Shea winning MVP pretty easy, honestly. I think even if they're like where I think they are more so, a 5-6 seed, I still think he'll be in MVP conversations. Well, I mean, he was last year. Yeah, exactly, and they were just a playing team. I think they were nine, maybe, if I remember right, nine. somewhere there. Yeah, but I think he'll easily be in that conversation. He's lined up to have a first-team All-NBA type season yet again. Um, he's going to have those big numbers. They're really going to ride him. He's going to play minutes because he's still young. And he has a guy in Josh Josh Giddy who's going to set him up, pass him the ball. So, I yeah, I agree with him being an MVP candidate. I could see him winning it, mostly because I feel like the main factor that determines MVPs these days is fatigue. And all of the main players that have been in the running have already won it. And so they're going to be yeah, looking for someone true. new to want to give the award to. No and more the Jokic. The person that comes to mind is going to be Shea. I mean, Jokic, he, you can honestly, he's going to have the LeBron effect from now on. Him and Giannis, the same to him thing. Every year. Mm-hmm. But they, we all know they don't do that. So and I, I feel like giving it to Shea. I also feel like everyone's kind of over Joel at this point after they oh, finally yeah, gave I, him yeah. the MVP. They gave it to him. And, he just, and then the playoffs happened. And then yeah. I feel like everyone now is just kind of like, come on, man. Sayonara, so, that guy's MVP. Yeah, I don't think he can cry for it anymore. I don't think he'd have to have a significantly great season without James Harden, they'd have to be the one seed. No more Kendrick Perkins pulling a racist card. Oh, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So it's wild, man. Oh God. It's the last time a white dude besides Jokic won MVP. I guess Nash, but you know, doesn't have. Yeah, but Jokic is way better than Nash. It's not even close. Oh my gosh. Nash was a bad MVP win. Okay. You could pull the racist card then. Jokic. Not even close. So I honestly think the three front runners, because to your point, Thomas, voter fatigue is a thing. In all honesty, it'd be Giannis or Jokic's MVP race every single year for the next three or four years. Um, if fatigue wasn't an issue in voting, I'm thinking Shea, Tatum, and Luca are the three front runners heading in. Um, they don't have any fatigue, voter fatigue. I'd honestly put Luca third because, well, I guess we'll get to that. Um, but I think Tatum's probably the front runner, uh, yeah, of the newbies to win an MVP. I agree with you. I was actually thinking about that earlier today, whether or not I would have that as my hot take spoiler. It's not, but I would have picked Tatum to be my MVP for this season. I actually, I do pick him. He's the guy who I think would be there. I think Celtics will have a great regular season. He'll have similar, if not slightly better stats than last year. I, I could see him winning the MVP. I think that's the real competition unless the voters decide to do their job right and just pick the best player. But that never happens. So or that rarely happens. That's not what it is anymore. LeBron should have 10. Jordan should have 10. Jokic should have the next four. You know, it's like whatever. But anyway, I digress. I think Shea's going to be in that running. He's got the new blood. And I just think the Thunder are going to be good enough to where he could potentially win it. So that's my take on the Thunder. Well, moving on to the last hot take of the day for this upcoming season. My hot take is the Dallas Mavericks are going to miss the play-in. Not just the playoffs, but the play-in. And here is my reasoning for that. So Kyrie and Luka, well, you can argue there's no doubt they are a top 10 duo in the NBA right now. Could even put them a little bit higher than that. But that's a bad defensive backcourt, right? And not only that, Kyrie always has something going on, whether it's injuries or personal issues where he misses games. I still haven't decided to trust him yet, even though I feel like a lot of people around the NBA, NBA media kind of have forgotten about his history. Um, So, yeah, their top two guys are great, but also you can make an argument the rest of their roster, three to 15, might be the worst in the West, honestly. One of the worst in the West. They're they're going to start Derek Lively at center, who is a rookie from Duke. He averaged four and four as a freshman at Duke, and he's going to be starting. He could be a good player one day. I just don't think this is the year for him to be a starter. Um, Grant Williams is going to start at the four. Came off the bench in Boston, and he got benched a lot during the playoffs. He was the guy that they would cut out of the rotation, and he's starting at the four. And, I mean, they have Josh Green, who probably fits best with Luka and Kyrie for the defense, but they also have Hardaway they could start, and that 
they started Hardaway with Luke and Kyrie, their perimeter defense might be the worst in the entire NBA. <laughs> They're not guarding anybody. And Seth Curry is coming off the bench. He doesn't help that defense. Like maybe Dante Exum gets minutes, but he hasn't played in the NBA for three or four years. Like Jaden Hardy. Yeah. Jaden Hardy is a second year guy. He's not going to play defense. He's a scorer with the ball in his hand. Like I just, this team just, I don't think they have the pieces. Like does Derek Jones jr. Move you? He's on this team. Like, like, and if you just look at the team last year, they missed the play in anyways. And then they actually get any better. Like they got, they did good in the draft. They got some good young pieces, but that doesn't necessarily mean you win now or you win today. Right. And I just think there are so many more teams in the NBA who have a better three through 15. And I think the NBA is so good now. You can't just have a top two duo carry you, right? Carry you to the playoffs, carry you to the conference finals, win games in the playoffs. I don't think you can do that anymore. Almost every team now feels like they have a top two duo, right? Like, I don't think like the Pelicans are deeper. The Grizzlies, when they're fully healthy, are deeper. The Kings are way deeper. The Clippers, like even with their top two guys out, they're still deeper even with just one of the two guys playing, like even the jazz have more role players than the Dallas Mavericks. And they still have a star at the top. Like Minnesota's deeper and they have Edwards and cat. Like I just, I don't think this team is going to make the plan. They're not deep enough and they don't have the talent and the guys who are around Luca and Kyrie don't fit their play styles. I would agree with this take. And they had a record of eight and 12 since they traded for him with Kyrie on the floor. So they weren't even any better last year and they didn't get much better this year. I also kind of feel like Kyrie won't even be on the Mavericks by the trade deadline this year. Fair. I could honestly see another trade happening. He's going to get upset about something and request a trade. And then <laughs> he got paid now. So hey, drama, drama follows Kyrie. Yeah. He got his bag and he's going to go where he wants to now. It's Maybe they'll trade, trade for Marcus for smart. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> John Kyrie or men for each other that would work out great that would be awful dude that'd be worse (laughs) than this (laughs) no but I would agree with this take they just aren't very good it's really that it's that simple I feel like everyone took a leap this year I mean you've got the Thunder that are going to be contending for home court advantage in the playoffs even I mean I feel like the Warriors got a little bit worse but they're still going to be in the playing conversation. You've got teams like the Jazz who look better than they did last year, who are going to be fighting for another spot in the play-in, and the Mavericks did not improve at all. Even the Rockets got better. Oh, yeah. And they're the, the worst got team better. ever. They the got Spurs a lot got better. Victor, so, of course. But <laughs> the, the, even the, the Houston Rockets, who have been perpetually bad since James Harden left, got better. The only team in the West that got worse were the Mavericks. So I don't honestly, I don't think this is a hot take. Um, so Ryan say that until the, us. Hey, you say that uh, until until the video comes out and everyone's true. like, everyone's hey, gonna this, look at that. Everyone's gonna say, oh my gosh, you don't even hey, watch the film. Luca's <laughs> great. It's, like, whatever, it's Luca's great. Luca's great. I'm For just sure. saying, their three through fifteen is probably the worst in the West. Well, and they don't even have a top. So let's let's go through. Let's let's get rid of the three through fifteen argument because we know that's valid because they, they're pretty terrible. They're they're worse than the Spurs. They're worse than probably the Rockets three through fifteen, and everybody else. It's Everyone. not even a conversation. So yeah. let's go through duos in the West because that's the only hope for this team. You got uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray. Who's a better duo, Murray and Jokic or? Luca Denver. Denver's Denver. duo. Thomas, who are you taking? Denver. Agreed. Okay. Well, You've got Booker and Durant. Suns. Versus... Okay. Thomas, what do you think? LeBron AD. Okay, LeBron AD. So that's three. Also We've got better. the Suns, the Lakers, the, the Nuggets. Definitively better. Okay. Shea and Giddy. I think the Mavericks do on paper is better. Mavericks. Okay. But Considering everyone plays. They're a much better team. Steph and whoever else you want from the Steph. Golden State Warriors. We're going with Golden State. Fox and Sabonis. 
I think that one's comparable. I think that one's comparable, more comparable than we think. I think that's real close. I think that's real close. So I think it's comparable. You've got five or six duos. You didn't even bring up the Clippers because Clippers have issues yeah. too. Clippers and duo is better. I know Clippers duo is better at healthy. They're never healthy. Yeah. So if they're if they're healthy, they're better. Yeah, if they're healthy, they should win the finals, right? Well, that's, that's just the that's, same story. But but then we can also look at the Pelicans. It's like Zion and Brandon Ingram. If I was going to bring healthy, them up. That's a comparable one too. If if Zion Zion's is healthy, playing dude, how he is, like the huge if. But it's also yeah, about yeah. as big of an if of whether or not Kyrie's going to even stay happy. So, exactly. So it's not like I, they have the clear top. Like if they had Jokic and Giannis, sure, but they don't even have like that. Oh, yeah. much of a difference between the other duos so Rolling yeah that's my point about marcus smart and desmond oh gosh darn it <laughs> <laughs> leading the memphis grizzlies to start the season so i agree with this take wholeheartedly and i i'll go a step further just because their duo's not even in the upper echelon like if it was you know Giannis and lillard or LeBron and AD, but we've seen LeBron and AD with a type of team like this, and they, they didn't, didn't even make, make the plan, right? Yeah. So the NBA is just so much better now go. than it used to be. Yeah, if you they can't were just in the have East, be those two. But... Yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah, if they were yeah. in the East, they'd be a top six team because mm-hmm. the East is trash outside of the top four, yeah. top five. Knicks kind of are going to regress. The net, like. The Mavericks and the Nets, I think the Mavericks are a little bit worse. They're better than the Hawks. Yeah, yeah, you know the, I mean? yeah, yeah. The Bulls. I think Luke the is better than the, the Bulls by himself. So, but the West is just too talented oh, for no. this yeah. team. It's, it's just because he's in the West. If they're in the West, the East would be so much different, like you said. But being in the West, I don't I don't see. Like, they're this team is going to get cooked on defense, especially because oh. Lively's a rookie. And he's supposed to be their rim protector. Like he's going to be a good player, I'm sure. But just as a rookie, like that—that's not how you win with these two guys. And I mean, honestly, if they miss the plan, bye bye, Jason Kidd. And what's going to happen with Luca and Kyrie? Right there, you go. What's the what's real happen? hot take? Is who's more likely to ask for a trade, Luca or Luke Kyrie? Luca, Luca. Sure. He's the next big that. fish. He's the next mm-hmm. big fish that people are waiting for. And here comes the Jazz and OKC with all their picks. With all their picks. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, Mark Cuban. You don't know how to run a basketball team, honestly. But, man, you're a very successful businessman. So, I mean, it's hey, true. I mean, finals. look. Yeah, but look he what he did finals. after that final. That was he got a miracle. Rid of everyone. He got that rid of everyone after miracle. that. He let Tyson Chandler go. They let Sean Marion go. They let Jason yeah, Kidd go. They let hard. Jason Terry go. They just kept Dirk. That was it. Like, yeah, they, that was they, a, they yeah. blew it up. So, yeah, that made no sense. They win a finals. They get rid of everyone that was valuable to them to make the finals and win the finals. And ever since then, they lucked into the Luka Doncic thing. Fell the three. And they haven't done anything with him. Now he's now he's expensive, right? <sighs> that doesn't matter as much in the NBA as it does the NFL, but still don't have as much cap room. And you decided to sign Kyrie. In a, in a mad attempt to hey, just keep Luca happy. Who would you have rather rather have like right now today? Like I know the top end talent is better, but like Luke, like Kyrie or Jalen Brunson because they had Brunson and they could have had him for cheaper than they had Kyrie, and they made the conference finals and they said bye bye. We don't want to pay you. It's easy to say Brunson because they made the final the conference finals. The biggest argument for Brunson is because they could have got him for cheap and they could have actually added another player. Yeah. Well, That's Brunson, the thing. So Brunson, Brunson will really be there. Last year. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not saying. That's he's Kyrie's a better player. player. Kyrie's a better player than Brunson. Sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. The floor. <laughs> and Brunson makes like half the salary. You yeah. know what I mean? He's like 25 so mil. They could have added another mid-level player, 3 and D guy that's 20 million a year. And that's why I would take Brunson over him because they could have added somebody that of value, you know? They could have added their third best player just by well, keeping Brunson and signing somebody else. And, like, just adding to my point right now, how many 3 and D guys do they even have on the roster? Zero. They don't have anyone who does both at a high level. 
They have zero. They either do one or the other, and that's it. So, I guess my question to you guys is how long before Luke asks for a trade? Or does he even ask for one? Is he is he a Damian Lillard type where he suffers for 15 years? You know, loyalty. I mean? No, I don't see that out of him. What you seeing, Thomas? When 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 does Luca ask out, Thomas? What do you think? This is what I think will happen. Two scenarios. First scenario, Kyrie Irving gets traded at trade deadline. Maybe they can put something together that looks decent. I don't know. Have some sort of miracle like with the Lakers. And they can turn it around. Not to say that they'll be anything good, but it'll be promising enough for him to be like, okay, let's stay. Second scenario, they don't trade him. Kyrie doesn't ask out. He won't play very much anyways. I think by the end of the year, a very real scenario with the Mavericks is we'll be looking at they're going to be 10 games out from the season. They're not going to make the play-in. I think they're just going to sit everybody. They're going to start tanking, trying to get a higher draft pick. And then I think off-season we see Luka ask for a trade. I agree with you, Thomas. I think it'd be the off-season, especially I think after Jason Kidd gets fired because if they miss the plan, he's gone 100%. And it's like he's going to lose that dude he has a relationship with. Maybe some front office people go who he also feels like he has a relationship with. And maybe he doesn't because he doesn't spend any time in the U.S. It's not basketball, right? Like Jokic. Like he's just gone once the season's over. So he might not even have a relationship with really anyone anyone in that front office. So I don't think he'd have an issue asking out. I mean, he already got paid. He already got his money. He'd just say, hey, look, guys, I don't want to be here. You guys haven't built a very good team around me, especially since we made the conference finals. We've only gotten worse from here. And that offseason... As we mentioned, you know, you hear Woj say a lot more better stars will be available in the offseason next year. You know, maybe some foreshadowing. Maybe he knows something we don't. But, you know, it's going to be a crazy trade market is my prediction. Would this be if if he were to ask out, which I think is pretty likely because they're going to suck. But uh, would this be the biggest trade request in the history of the NBA? Has there been anyone else better? Carmelo requested a trade. Harden, Kevin nah. Durant. Kevin Durant. Yeah, I was like, KD's might have been, might have been the biggest. Honestly. Really though, because KD was 15 years into his career. Luca is not even in his prime or just barely reaching it. I think the biggest trade request was KD, but I think the most assets that will ever be given up will be a Luca trade, just because Rudy KD Gobert. had already. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I think I think the years of sending six picks, a better version of them, and three role players are gone. Like shout I, shout out Utah Jazz, baby. I mean, KD didn't even get that kind of haul. No. They did get Mikel Bridges, who looks like a stud. Yeah. So, but I think the days of way overpaying for a player are kind of gone. Well, and see, here's the thing, Kevin Durant. Only teams that were contending wanted Kevin Durant, right? So contending teams can't give up as much as other teams. For Luka, I think teams sure, that just anybody think, wants him. Yeah. yeah, I just think teams like even the Detroit Pistons would want Luka. Like they're like, hey, we add Luka, we have Cade Cunningham, we're gonna be freaking good. Like more teams, there will be more demand, more trade calls for Luka than there would be for KD. I think, um, and whether true. or not he even goes to a good team, I think would be a question. I think that's like fair. even the Jazz, the Jazz could get Luca, and maybe they just make the plan and miss the playoffs. But they're like, hey, we had Luca with Lowry Marketing, perfect partner, right? We have our other role players who we like. Like a team like that could go get him. A team like, but then other good teams will still want him because he's Luca. You can win with that guy, like as one of your top two guys. So it's true. That is true. Man. Okay. Anything, anything else anyone want to get off their chest before we finish up? My last hot take. I have to squeeze this in there. Victor Wembanyama is going to be an All NBA player. You know, seeing the pre, seeing the preseason highlights. I mean, hard, hard to question that. I just think it just matters how good the Spurs are when it comes down to it. But if the Spurs make the play, and he's an All NBA player, I think. Yeah, I am. It's crazy. I think the expectations for that guy are crazy high we're expecting him to be kevin durant on offense and rudy gobert on defense you know what i mean 
some NBA 2K archetype that you can't even make anymore because they put the restrictions in the stupid game and it's not fun anymore. But anyway, um, but I think he has a chance to actually succeed them, which is wild. So Thomas, what you thinking about that? I think if he can stay healthy, he will. I, I don't know. I feel like the Spurs, if they're, I think they should play him limited minutes at the beginning to get him acclimated to the NBA. That's going to be a lot faster pace than EuroLeague. Um, and the last thing you want is for him. We've seen a lot of these rookies. I mean, Chad didn't even play last year. They get hurt pretty early on. And so, yeah. I mean, don't want that to happen, but I think that is a likely possibility. Who is a better team, the Spurs or the Mavericks? That's the real question here. The Mavericks. Who is better? Mavericks. The Mavericks Spurs, are better. Spurs are so I don't know, dude. I think... I think <laughs> Kyrie, okay, Kyrie and Luca are good enough to be better than the Spurs. Like, and I I I I think that even just Luca is gonna be better than just the Spurs. So fair. fair. But who knows? <laughs> yeah, nah. I yeah, yeah. But if the Spurs, like I said, if they surprise people and are a playing team and he Wemby has a good year, I, I could see a world where he's like the fifteenth guy that sneaks in there. Well, I mean if Shea yeah, that's All-Star. basically what Shea did. Last yeah. year, you know what I mean? He's going to average 20, 12, two blocks just by standing there. So, <sighs> oh, literally just put the hand up to the block. I don't think he, I don't think he's going to have a slow start offensively scoring the ball. Yeah. He's going to have an insane amount of volume going this way. Mm-hmm. And I think what sets him apart is defensively, he's also going to be able to just fill the stat sheet by just standing there. I mean, the guy was able to, like, in the preseason matchup against Chet Holgram when they were playing each other, the big hype, and they were all, you know, the future. There was a rebound that he got that looked like a dad playing on a Nerf hoop <laughs> against his son. And Chet's 7-1, okay? So it's just not fair how tall and long this guy is. The only thing that can derail this kid is what Thomas said. It's his health. So as long as he can stay healthy, this dude's playing on a Nerf hoop. He can dunk without jumping, and he can shoot a step back three. It's not fair. So. Okay. Well, those, to everyone listening, thank you for listening to our podcast today. Those were our hot takes. Let us know what your hot takes are and if you agree with ours or not. Also, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. If you're listening to Spotify, go ahead, rank us, give us a star rating. We'd really appreciate it. And until next time, everyone, this was Second Take.